5 Nisan, Hey Nisan, Tzadik, His Life, 228, 102. I heard from others that the Rebbe once said, In Jerusalem there is a synagogue to which all the dead people on earth are brought. As soon as someone in this world dies, he is brought there at once to be judged as to where his place should be. There are people who die in Eretz Yisrael who are taken outside the land. Others who die outside may be brought to Eretz Yisrael. It is in this synagogue that the court which hands down these judgments sits and allocates each person the place he deserves. There are even cases where the verdict is that there is no place at all for the person concerned, and he is to be destroyed and cast into the hollow sling. When the dead are brought there, they are brought in clothing. Sometimes a dead person's clothes are missing something. One person might be missing a sleeve, another a piece from the edge of his garment, and so on. Everything depends upon a person's actions in his lifetime, because his clothing after death corresponds to his deeds. The verdict depends on the clothes he has, he has when he is brought there, and his place is allocated accordingly. Once, a dead person was brought there completely naked. He had no clothes whatsoever. The verdict was that he should be cast into the hollow sling and destroyed, God forbid, because he was completely naked. However, a certain tzaddik came and took one of his own garments and threw it over this person. The court asked him, Why are you giving him one of your own garments? The court took exception to this, because why should the dead man be given a garment and be saved with clothing that was not his? The tzaddik answered, I have to send this man on a mission for my own purposes, and for this reason I am entitled to dress him in my own garment. Surely you are aware that on occasion a nobleman may send his servant to another nobleman, and the servant delays carrying out his bidding. His master asks him, Why have you not left yet, as I ordered? The servant replies, Because I don't have the right clothes for going to the nobleman in question. He is very great, and it is impossible to go there in clothes that are not respectable. The master answers, Quick, take one of my garments and put it on, and run quickly to the nobleman to do my bidding. Similarly, I need to send this dead person on a mission of my own. For that reason, I am giving him one of my garments. This is how the tzaddik saved the dead man from the bitter penalty of the hollow sling. The Rebbe told this story to show the tremendous power of the true tzaddik to save his followers in the world of truth. Rebbe Nachman's Wisdom, His Wisdom, 96 People do not consider the ability to forget an advantage, but without it, it would be impossible to live in this world. See His Wisdom, number 26. Imagine that you would constantly recall all the delights of the world to come. There is an angel with a thousand heads. Each head has a thousand tongues. Each tongue has a thousand voices. Each voice has a thousand melodies. The beauty of this angel song is indescribable. If you could imagine such things without forgetting, you would constantly compare your own limited abilities to the immensity of such a being. It would be utterly impossible for you to endure life. You would be so disgusted with your worldly life that you would die before your time. If not for the power to forget, you would constantly recall your lowly state, and anyone who is sullied by sin would be unable to lift himself up to serve God. Therefore, the power to forget is a great benefit. Still, you should remember enough of the world to come that you do not lose it. The Talmud teaches, in the future, God will grant 310 worlds to each tzaddik. Uksin 3.12 Consider a single world. Think how many houses and courtyards and streets and cities and nations it contains. Imagine the immense size of a single world. 
Consider the infinite number of awesome and wonderful stars, planets, and galaxies it contains. This is just a single world. Then try to imagine the 310 worlds that will be granted to each tzaddik. Think of the greatness and immeasurable delight these will contain. The Aleph-Bet Book, Conflict and Strife, A. 91. When one person causes another to distance himself from serving God, his offspring will suffer at the hands of the other's descendants. 92. When a person is in a position to protest against the actions of the wicked but does not, it is as if he himself was guilty of their evil deeds. 93. Whoever takes part in a quarrel transgresses a prohibitive commandment of the Torah and deserves to be punished with leprosy. 94. Whoever disputes the royal lineage of the house of David deserves to be bitten by a snake. 95. Torah study enables one to remain firm in combat. 96. A person should take courage against his enemies and use cunning in battling them. God will then do as he sees fit. Kitzur Likutei Maharan 1. Lesson number 60 4. There are numerous kinds of false grace that people affect in the way they stand, the way they eat, the way they speak with other people, and so on. Each activity has its own particular brand of false grace or posture. A person becomes trapped in this false grace when he does not guard himself sufficiently against the desire for the vain beauty of women. Since these two things, i.e. false grace and this desire, are interconnected, as expressed in the verse, grace is deceptive and beauty is vain. Proverbs 31.30 Furthermore, as a result of this desire, a person falls to penury, as it is written, do not desire her beauty in your heart, since on account of a harlot, one will ultimately lack even a loaf of bread. Proverbs 6.25.26 This is also the meaning of the verse, Wealth is diminished by vanity. Proverbs 13.11 That is, through the desire for the vanity of beauty, a person's wealth is thereby diminished. The sense of awe or fear of God, on the other hand, is the antithesis of all this, as it is written, Grace is false and beauty is vain, but a God-fearing woman is worthy of praise. Proverbs 31.30 Thus, through fear of God, a person is saved from the desire for false grace and vain beauty, which bring one to penury. Instead, he merits by his own agency holy wealth, which is the prerequisite for attaining Torah contemplation. 5. The intellect's ability to attain contemplation, as it should, primarily depends on the moisture and the oils found in the body. Sexual lust and the desire to enjoy the vain beauty of women interrupts one's breathing, and breathing is the main source of a person's vitality. See more in this lesson in Lakute Maharan. As a result of this disturbance in a person's breathing, the body's moisture dries up and the ability of the mind and the intellect to contemplate is impaired. Accordingly, all madness is caused by sexual lust, as is known. The same thing applies to people who are not actually insane, but who are affected by some serious lack or disturbance in their mental-emotional states. It is all brought on by sexual lust, which dries up the moisture and oils in the body and in turn spoils the mind. 6. Complete fear or awe of God is comprised of three components, each of which contains three constituent parts. The first component is the awe of heaven that is attained by contemplation of the greatness of the Creator using one's wisdom, analytical power, and knowledge, i.e. Chochmah, Bina, and Da'at. All three aspects of a person's mental faculties should be replete with fear and awe of God. The second component of awe is reverence for one's Rav, which is gained through the learning a person receives from his Rav. 
Here, too, a person must extend this sphere into all three constituent parts of his Torah study, since the Torah is described as a threefold teaching, Shabbat 88a. The third component of awe is reverence for one's father and mother, and a person must extend this fear, too, out into the aspect of a house and wealth are inheritance from his parents, Proverbs 19.14. In other words, a person must let fear and awe of God infuse his wealth in all three of its constituent parts, which are his inheritance from his parents, as delineated in the teaching, a person should always divide his capital into three parts. He should invest a third in land, a third in business, and a third he should retain in his own hand. Bava Metziah 42a Rabbi Nachman's stories, The Exchanged Children He then saw that the same was true of the bed. He understood that it had to be moved slightly from the place where it stood. The table also had to be moved somewhat, and the lamp likewise had to have its position adjusted. The birds and animals also had to be moved to different places. Thus, a bird would have to be taken from one place and set in another another place. The same was true of all the animals. The king had cleverly disguised everything so that only a very wise person would be able to contemplate it and then rearrange it correctly. The same was true of the lion which stood where the path emerged. It had to be stood in a different place. This was true of all the beasts on the paths. The king's son gave instructions that everything be rearranged properly, to take the rose from the bottom and insert it on top. Everything else was also rearranged in proper order. All the animals and birds then began to sing a very wonderful melody. Each one functioned properly. The king's son was then given the kingdom. The king's son, who had by now been crowned king, then said to the actual son of the slave woman, Now I understand that I am actually the king's son, and you are actually the slave woman's son. Reb Letters, Year 1, Letter Number 129 I could not keep myself from writing you a little of what I had gone through on Shabbat and the day after. But you can be sure this is not even a drop in the ocean. For the essence of my suffering is in the area of my devotions, and what happened this week is absolutely indescribable. Had the Torah not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. Psalms 119.92 This morning I felt anew how much one has to say the blessing over the Torah and joy, who chose us from among all the peoples and gave us his Torah. Without the Torah, I do not know how one can live. Now, too, when I think about the days that lie ahead, I have nothing to lean on but Torah and prayer. In them I could pass the days that I still have to live and to draw breath. And for every single breath of holiness, one must praise God. For they have surrounded me on every side, but God has not abandoned me to their hands, and they are still letting me draw breath. I altered my usual style just now to write you a little about my sufferings, since they are weighing on my heart. I thought that by talking about them, perhaps I would feel better. Maybe you can derive hints from them, too, to strengthen yourself where you are. In spite of everything, God is helping me to do good things to write such holy books through his great kindness, and to talk to people and bring them closer to him. Thus far God has helped me. May he add to this thousands upon thousands, millions upon millions of times. Who has done amazing, unbelievable things like these, other than he who sees from the beginning what will be in all generations? God is also shedding incredible kindness on you, and on all those who stand there in the Rebbe's holy shade. Because I saw several times in your letter that, in spite of it all, you are expressing yourself to God with our holy prayers and other such activities, and that you are studying the Holy Torah. Press on, my son, press on. 
Do everything it is in your power to do. Do all that you can to strengthen yourself in joy. My real suffering is depression, but God has helped me and He will help me to, to bring myself to joy over His salvation always. I do not have time to continue any longer. The words of your father, waiting for salvation, Nussan of Breslov. Rev. Nussan's letters, year two. Letter number 368, Tuesday, Vayetze, 5602, Uman. I also extend greetings to my learned friend, Rev. Avraham Ber, may he live, and to my learned friend, Rev. Abala, may he live, along with all their family and their children, may they live. Greetings to all our comrades with a great love. You have already been informed that I am now here in Uman. I arrived here last Tuesday, Toldot. It appears that I will remain here for some days or weeks, and it is likely that I will stay here or in the vicinity for this coming Shabbat Hanukkah. At the moment, I have nothing at all to report, as I am waiting to receive your letter. I assume that you already sent it to Tulchin, and that it contains answers to everything that I requested. My friend, Rav Avraham Ber, may he live, already wrote in a letter to his mother some three weeks ago that he would soon give me a proper response. Therefore, I will not write very much now. I ask, if you have not yet sent the aforementioned letter to Tulchin, that you do so quickly. Thank God I have already sent Rav Nachman of Tulchin off on our business. May God give him a successful trip. As of yet, I have no information from him, since he only recently left Breslov on Sunday of Chayesara, two weeks earlier. May God finish for us and accomplish these things that we desire in the proper way. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. The words of your true friend attached to you with the bonds of love and praying for you, Nassan of Breslov. I already told you that if you travel here, you should come by way of Taravitsa, because you may find me there. I have no idea right now how God is going to act with me. I cast myself upon him and upon the merit of our awesome Rebbe of holy, sainted memory. May he restore my soul and guide me on paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Letter number 369. With God's help, Thursday, Vayetze 5602. Greetings to my dear beloved son, the learned Rabbi Yitzchak, may he live, along with all his children, may they live. Thank God I arrived here in Uman on Tuesday, Toldot. Thus far your compassion helped me. I found your letters here, and yesterday I received another one through my brother, my brother's son-in-law, the illustrious Reb Shaul, may his light shine. He brought me your letter himself, and I was really pleased. I was particularly pleased by what you told me about Rav Nachman. May his light shine. May God grant him success in every place that he treads in accordance with his will, and may we merit to accomplish the will of heaven with his miraculous salvation. It is all in God's hands. At the moment, I have nothing new to report. With regard to what you wrote about your enormous desire to be together with me this coming Shabbat Hanukkah, I too longed for this very much. But what can I do, my dear son? It is highly unlikely that I will return home for Shabbat Hanukkah because I do not have the strength to leave here and then return again, and I must spend some additional time here. I still have no clear idea about what God and His kindness is going to do with me this Shabbat Hanukkah. God is great and very exalted indeed. New things take place every day. They are new every morning. Great is your salvation. And it is all to awaken and strengthen a person to draw closer to God, as is written in the lesson to, guards one, to guard one's memory on the verse, and at the end of two years, Lord my God, you are very great. Likutei Moharan 154. I am extremely pressured, and it is impossible to elaborate about this at all. 
I could not refrain from hinting about this, though, so that you will remind yourself at all times about the guarding of the memory that is mentioned there. You did very well indeed to give me a detailed description of how Reb Nachman received the joyful welcome and so on. It is all a hint and a sprouting of the seeds of salvation. Nonetheless, we both, as a group and as individuals, still need abundant salvation and compassion. The words of your father, waiting for salvation, Nasan of Breslov. Shemot HaTzadikim, Nisim Shehenchilu Ha'aretz Yisrael, the tribal chiefs who were charged with dividing the land when the Jews entered. Kalev ben Yifuna, Shmuel ben Amihud, Elidad ben Kislon, Buki ben Yagli, Chaniel ben Ephod, Kemuel ben Shiftan, Elitzafan ben Parnach, Paltiel ben Azan, Achihud ben Shlomi, Pedahel ben Amihud, Shoftim, Atniel ben Kenaz, Ehud ben Geira, Shamgar ben Anat, Devorah Hanaviyah, Barak ben Avinoam, Gidon ben Yoash, Tola ben Pua, Yair Hagiladi, Yiftach, Ivdsan, Elon Hazivuloni, Avdon ben Hillel Hapiratoni, Shimshon ben Manoch, Eli Hakoin, Shmuel ben Elkanah ben Yerocham ben Elihu ben Tohu ben Suf, Chana Hanaviyah. Reb Nussin's Prayers 1, Prayer number 106, 272. Come, let us bow down and prostrate ourselves. Let us bow before Hashem our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the nation of His pasture and the flock in His hand, today, if you listen to His voice. Master of wonders, You who every day renew the act of creation in Your goodness, You who in Your wisdom bring about the passage of time, help me renew myself every day in order to increase holiness and purity. Every day may I begin anew to serve You as though I had been born today. May I not think beyond today. May my mind never grow confused by thinking of the past or the future. May the coming days and hours not concern me. May I not contemplate them, for that might hamper my ability to serve you. Instead, may I only consider the present day, hour, and minute. As a result, may I serve you wholeheartedly, without any confusion, fear, heaviness, or laziness. Every day may I enthusiastically serve you anew. May I place nothing before my eyes but this day, hour, and minute, so that I will serve you energetically. May no element of my serving you weigh me down. May I deal with just one day at a time, for that will make it possible for me to engage in the fullest schedule of serving you. In addition, may I not clutter my mind with concerns about making a living or taking care of my many needs from one day to the next. Instead, may I trust in you who provide us with all of our needs every day. May I be accustomed to say always, Blessed is God, every day He gives us abundance, the God of our salvation. Rescue me from the influence of people who lack faith, who worry about what they will eat and how they will take care of their many needs tomorrow. May I trust in your name and rely on you who have shepherded me from my beginning. Send me an abundance of goodness each day in its time. You are the good King who does good for everyone every day. You support us and provide for us every day and every hour without fail. Even when we reach old age and our hair turns white, you will not abandon us. You will never leave us alone. Serving Hashem with this day. May no concerns about anything in the world upset me. May I enter the realm of your holiness, approach you, and renew myself every day for the good. Every day and at every moment, may I add more holiness, purity, and awe to my life as I engage in acts of worship. May I not cheat myself by delaying my service of you from one day to the next. Rather, may I always consider that I have nothing but the present day and moment. May I strive to fulfill the obligations of the day, to do all that is within my capacity and not procrastinate so that I will not be ashamed. Rescue me every day with a new and wondrous salvation so that I will approach you and come ever closer to you 
in accordance with your beneficent will. Sing to Hashem, all the land. Proclaim His salvation from day to day. Sing to Hashem, bless His name. Proclaim His salvation from day to day. From this moment onward, during the few days that I have at my disposal in this transient world, help me renew my days. Teach us to count our days, and then we will acquire a heart of wisdom. Return, Hashem, how long? Relent concerning your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your kindness. May we sing and rejoice all of our days. Give us joy commensurate to the days that you afflicted us, the years that we, that we saw evil. Return us to you, Hashem, and we will return. Renew our days as of old. Hashem, may your kindness be upon us as we have hoped in you. May Hashem our God be with us as he was with our fathers. May he not abandon us and never leave us. May he incline our hearts to him so that we will walk in all of his ways and guard the commandments, rules, and laws that he gave our fathers. May these words which I have pleaded before Hashem be close to Hashem our God day and night so that he will act righteously on behalf of his servant and perform justice for his nation, the Jewish people, every day. Then may all of the nations of the land know that Hashem is God. There is no other.